0: You a fan of all things Star Wars? This is the podcast you're looking for. Welcome to the Star Wars Rant Podcast with your host Brian Seddon, along with Chad Viz, and introducing Dave Mann. Welcome to Star Wars Rant Podcast. This is episode number fifty, the Big Five O. I'm your host Brian Seddon, and I'm joined by Chad Viz. Greets, and introducing as a host. Mr. Dave Mann, never tell me the odds. Okay, we it's we Wallets. It's ever <laughs> no welcome Guys, Dave. Ever. Um, you know if you if you've listened to the podcast before, Dave's been on the podcast as a uh, a guest, um, a scorekeeper, a debater, debater. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he fared very well in those debates um but uh but now he's he's a host so we're glad to have dave join us dave do you want to say any words any you know anything special
1: (laughs) i'm sure i'll have plenty of words as the podcast goes on i mean is there anything specific you want me to say well no i I mean, mean you guys already know i like star wars we've talked about it on other episodes yeah um uh the the final debate score is not valid in my mind yeah um I think that's been explained very well. Not bitter, though. In the past, no, I'm not bitter because there was an episode where it was basically said that it kind of wasn't legitimate. Yeah. So I stand, I stand by that episode, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's it's with your
0: it. favorite episode. <laughs> um, no, we we are glad to have <laughs> Dave along, and then uh, yeah, this is episode fifty. We've made uh, fifty of these things, and they're all out there for you to listen to. So. Um, And, uh, you know, here's hoping that we continue on and and keep surpassing that number. So good good times had by all. But I appreciate you guys being on the podcast tonight for episode number 50. There is a lot going on in Star Wars universe, wouldn't you say, fellas?
2: Heck yes, I would. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, the biggest news is... Somebody else got fired. Um, they got canned. <laughs> they got canned. Another Star Wars director, uh, Colin Trevaux. Did I say that right? We think we said Travaro. that. Right? It's like tomorrow, Travaro. but
2: Trevorrow.
0: Um, he has been fired from episode nine, uh, which is ironic because it hasn't even started filming yet, but, um, but nonetheless, he has... He has been fired. So uh, the statement—have
2: f- they said fired, or you're going to read the statement? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
0: I, we all know it's fired, but I guess the statement doesn't come out and say that. But they parted um, ways. so the, the statement from uh, Lucasfilm is: uh, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Nine. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have mm-hmm. all come to the conclusion that our visions. For the project differ. We wish Colin the best, and we'll be sharing more information about the film soon. Hmm.
1: So, can we? Is it safe to say that this is their go-to reason for all of their parting of ways? Is that their (laughs) visions differ? It's always mutual, and it's just a different vision.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, let's go through that. There's a brief history of uh, Star Wars trouble with talent article that came out by julia alexander that kind of breaks it down for us so um you know on the force awakens there was michael arndt he was a writer and uh, he was brought on to write the force awakens in 2012 and just weeks after uh um disney had purchased the film and three years before the movie um was when he was brought on but he did like toy story 3 little miss sunshine um But, uh, he was let go, um, let's see, so he had signed on to the project, he wrote a 50-page first draft for what he wanted The Force Awakens to be, everything seemed to be going to, uh, you know, as planned until Kathleen Kennedy,
1: Uh um,
0: on October 24th published a statement that, uh, Kasdan and director J.J. Abrams would be taking over the writing duties, um, so that was the first thing that that happened in a Star Wars film was uh, he was gone. And then um, you know, her statement then are there, there are very few people who fundamentally understand the way a Star Wars story works like Larry, and it's nothing short of incredible to have him even more deeply involved in its big return to the screen. And then uh, she went on to praise JJ for his storytelling. And then she said, Michael Arndt did a terrific job bringing us to the to this point, and we have an amazing filmmaking and design team in place already prepping for production. Um,
1: so they almost didn't even give a reason.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. So um, Arndt did comment later on. He said, early on, I tried to write versions of the story where Ray is at home. Her home is destroyed, and then she goes on the road and meets Luke, and then she goes and uh, kicks the bad guy's butt. It just felt like every time Luke came in and entered the movie, he just took it over. Suddenly, you didn't care about your main character anymore because, oh, Luke Luke Skywalker's here, and uh, I want to see what he's going to do. So, you know, huh? that's kind of interesting. You know, maybe that's some of the reason why we didn't see Luke in... Uh, Force Awakens because yeah he I guess he really would have overpowered the uh, stole the show I guess so to speak from Mm Ray. interesting I can see that Um, but uh, so yeah so you had him you had Gary Witta the writer on Rogue One who also um, didn't he write uh, some of the Aftermath books Chad I think. Yeah,
2: yeah, he had some. Chuck Windig is the author of that, but I know he had some input on some of those things.
0: Yeah. So he was removed from uh, Rogue One. Um, Josh Trank, he was a director on the Han Solo film um, at one point. And, yeah, uh, the first of many. Yeah, he stepped down from the film to pursue original creative opportunities. Um, and then we had. Alexandre Desplat, the composer of Rogue One, he got let go. And then the big one was Chris Miller and Phil Lord from Han Solo. Um, We all know that they were asked to leave um, because they were taking a script in in a different direction or interpreting the script, I would say. And now uh, Colin Trevorrow from Episode Nine. So interestingly enough, you have um, Ryan Johnson has survived the cut, um he's the only it's the only Star Wars film that's come out aside from Force Awakens. Uh well, you know, you had some writing issues there. So yeah, no, I mean, he's he's the only one that's survived. Um kind of interesting. And they are saying some people are saying they think he will take on episode 9. I've seen that. Hmm.
2: That so. would be cr- that would make sense, I guess, if he's wanting to stay in it. He seems to really be in it, into it, like with his, his own picture taking and things that he's doing with, you know, episode eight and stuff. Uh, it seems like he would definitely be into it, but that would, I mean, I know we're going to talk about this later, but that would kind of go into the whole storyline continuing from the same vision, right? If, if the same director takes over. Well,
1: also, also, this is obviously going to be a cliffhanger ending Whereas Force Awakens has its own, and even though we know the story is going to continue, much like A New Hope, it had like a beginning and an sure, end, sort sure. of. It was still a cliffhanger right. with Luke, right? But the bad guys lost right. that round. Right. Um, if this follows suit, you know, with all the Star Wars movies, there's going to be a right a big cliffhanger at the end of this one. So it would make sense if he continued that basic story into nine the next yeah, one. That's true,
0: but who knows? Who does not? So, um, so, anyways, that's big news. Are, so, you guys, does it make you kind of uh, are you worried at all, or do you do you think it's just hey, it's just another Star Wars firing? I would say, ah, uh, yeah, I'd
2: say at this I'm point, not... like as early as it is, no. Yeah. If it, if we were into shooting it already, and it was another Ron Howard situation where a lot of the movie's done, and now we're changing again, then I'd start to go, man, what's happening? But since it's so early, I think anyone that does come in. It's gonna be a pretty easy transition. All
0: right.
1: Yeah, I would. And they're gonna be riding off of a pretty big, like, hype train. Like to where, I mean, my, I it's my it's my personal opinion that all, everything hinges on this on episode eight.
0: Yeah, um, well, it can't tank. Yeah, if this if this if this gets uh, if this story is not good, that that's gonna cause some problems. I I really think. I mean. I everyone's still going to go see episode nine, but it'll of course yeah. it'll leave yeah like it'll leave a bad taste in a t- lot of people's mouths.
1: Yeah, my buddy at work tonight he's he was saying like this this can make or break Star Wars, and I said, well, I know I definitely know what you mean. Uh, I don't think it can break Star Wars, Yeah, right? Because um, everyone's still going to go see the last one, regardless or however many they're still going to go see him. But there is th- I mean the the hype for this movie for eight. The the p- potential for disappointment, because this is going to be Luke's big thing, too. I mean, everyone's going to expect to see Luke doing a lot of stuff. Everyone's going to expect to get not all the answers, but a lot of answers. Everyone's going to expect to see Luke have a big fighting scene, and we've been waiting for that ever since we knew he was coming back. Um, and it's got The Empire Strikes Back sort of to live up to, regardless of whether... You know, you wanna compare it or not, it's going to be compared to Emperor Strikes Back. So Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be a great movie regardless. I'm sure on its own it'll be a good movie. But it's gonna have all those things going up against it. Yeah. It has a lot Empire, to live up to. That's a that's a big that's a big yeah, big shoes to fill. Yeah.
0: Well, um you know, so if you listened to to last week's podcast, one of the uh one of the things that Chad and I disagreed about was: is are these movies uh, seven, eight, and nine? Are they pre-planned? You know, are the stories pre-planned? Do does does one director um, know? You know what the vision is from the previous guy or the guy that's ahead of him, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, I, I I said no. I said, and I would bring some some proof uh, to that uh, to that notion and and chad said okay bring it and uh <laughs> so okay uh, okay i've brought what i would consider some supporting documents but then i would also um i also because i'm fair i brought something that was is even going to counter <laughs> my thoughts and then and then we'll make a decision collectively as like the and board that's the would way do. it'll be yeah yeah so um so this is from an, an article from by Ryan Britt on August second and this was you know, something that I had um, you know, heard and, and that's kind of is where I started to formulate that, that opinion from. And forgive me, I'm gonna have to read some of this because um, because that's just what I do and uh and <laughs> are you are you going with the no theory first or the yes So theory this first? would be to, this is where I'm I'm trying to uh say no that that these are not okay. uh planned So this comes from an article says uh this was back when um there was a new writer for episode 9 it says new episode 9 writer only proves a trilogy wasn't planned. Um and so to read some of this um this was uh, when they announced that Jack Thorne would be the new writer, um, and uh, let's see. So it says the hiring of Thorne to work on the script for Episode Nine is only the latest in a pattern with the Star Wars sequel trilogy. It seems like there was never a clear-cut plan for this story. In um, May's Variety, I'm sorry, Vanity Fair's cover story focused on the making of Star Wars uh, Eight: The Last Jedi. Um, The very beginning of the article revealed that after Ray met Luke Skywalker at the end of The Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams didn't keep the cameras rolling, and that's because Abrams, one of the writers for Force Awakens, seemed to not know what was going to happen in the next installment. Um, And I think we've heard that, from what I've heard, he wanted to leave that for the next guy, um, where they pick up the story and, and say, okay, well... Here's what happens next, and and here's what Luke's been doing, and so on and so forth. Says, the powers that be at Lucasfilm and Disney aren't hiding this idea. Instead, the PR machine is giving the opposite impression that the creative direction of the new Star Wars trilogy was never plotted out ahead of time. Um, So, let me continue here. Further proof of this notion. Can be fa- or, uh, This notion can be found in the provocative comments made by both Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley while doing press for The Last Jedi. Hamill went on record saying that he initially told Brian Johnson that he fundamentally disagreed with what was happening to the character of Luke. To be clear, Hamill says he eventually came around to the script, but it does give one the impression that everyone is sort of making up these new Star Wars movies as they go along. Um... So obviously when he read for The Force Awakens, he didn't know what the background of Luke. And so I'm going to kind of rebut myself here. I I would assume part of that is for secrecy's sake. If they did know, you know, what Luke's background was and what he had been doing and why he hasn't been around, um, you know, the best way for that not to get out is not to tell anybody. But we don't know if that was the case or not. Um, he, he talks about George Lucas in this article. There's plenty of historical evidence to support the idea that George Lucas also flew by the seat of his pants in planning the original Star Wars trilogy. He clearly didn't broadcast that fact. And despite prequels and special edition retcons, the first six films are considered to be his singular vision, for better or worse. And at least since 1980, he had a rough idea as to where the story was going. But the new trilogy doesn't seem to be the vision of one person, but instead, carefully planned movements by a corporation. Um, so, kind of where Lucasfilm is wanting to take this versus where the story writers want to take this. Um, while this might result in movies fans enjoy, it does tamper with a little bit of the magic. If we discover the identity of Ray's parents in The Last Jedi, but learn that it wasn't even planned or thought out at all in The Force Awakens, doesn't make the cliffhanger feel. Doesn't that make the cliffhanger feel sort of cheap? So, just stopping there, okay, we're not, we're not done with this, but I just want to get your guys' opinion. We're just, for now, just just enter, entertain me. Let's just take it as fact, let's just, that's just to say that this is right to this point. If that is the case, if, if, I just want to get your guys' opinions on this, not if I'm right or wrong. But if, um, if these aren't pre-planned, and we do get Ray's lineage in The Last Jedi the fact of it not being planned out in the force awakens does that kind of cheapen it in other words like the things that she went through in force awakens or that we saw and we're trying to connect these dots in essence they kind of never really mattered because they didn't even know themselves who ray's parents was and and they kind of made it up as they were going along
1: yeah it's really difficult for me to answer that because to me it makes no sense f- to create questions to that you don't know the answers to. Like you're just, it's like you're just. So like, it's almost like suggesting, okay, uh, uh, JJ and uh, what was the other guy's name? I forgot already. For Ryan? Force Awakens, the guy, no, the guy that wrote with JJ.
0: Um, I forgot. Kazdan Kasdan, yeah, Kasdan, yeah. Larry Kasdan.
1: Like it's almost like it's almost like to be- to believe that they're writing as they go along. It's almost like these guys wrote their story and then they threw curveballs in here that they're like, all right, well, we don't have to worry about answering these questions. It's up to these guys to do it, you know, in the next movie. So, but that like could create so many problems to me, like it. it it's hard for me to answer because it doesn't make sense. Like even Lucas, um, when I was a kid, I used to love watching the interviews with Lucas, especially like when the when the original trilogy came back on a VHS and they remastered them and they did some. I forgot the guy's name. It's not. It's like a Cecil and Ebert guy, but not. Forgot his name. And he was. He did interviews with Lucas, and Lucas used to always talk about how he had the story. Like it was mentioned in this article, he had one big story in his mind already. It was all about. Anakin Skywalker. It was the story of. It was the story about the fall and the redemption of Anakin Skywalker, and he he when he was able to make a movie out of it, he couldn't put that all into one movie. It was impossible. So he picked a, what he thought was the best chunk that could serve as having a beginning and an end and its own little story, which became A New Hope. That story of of them. Starting, finding Luke, introducing you to the Jedi, finding out there's this big dark force, and going to destroy it, destroy it, they win, happy ending, blah, 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 blah. Huge success, okay, let's finish the trilogy, massive success, so however many years, 20 years later, however many years it was, let's tell the story about how this guy, you know, fell. But he already kind of had a general idea. He obviously didn't have all the stuff done out, like Ewoks, for example, I, he even says that he came up with those sort of on the spot in the third. Well, week. He, he some of that was sixth, you know, he week. wanted
0: it. He was supposed to be Wookiees and then you know they couldn't right. do that, so it became cut him in Ewoks. half. Ewoks, um, literally. But he did. You know, he did make changes along, Like, you know, Luke Skywalker and Leia were never supposed to be brother and sister. I think that's clear when you mm-hmm. watch a New Hope. Um, right. You know, it wasn't until later that that they decided to to make that part of the story. Um, you know, so there's there are things like that where where they did, he did make changes, but it was still him. It was just one guy, and he controlled the narrative to where, you know, now it's it's um, it's kind of Lucasfilm controlling the the narrative, um, and and I don't know that, but I think there's still,
1: I think there's still a narrative. Yeah. Like with Luke, I think it's just a. I think it's just more people involved in doing it. Whereas as Lucas, like you said, he did make up a lot of stuff on the fly, yeah. but the but the underlying story was the rise, or the you know the fall of Anakin Skywalker, and his turn to evil and the story of his redemption. When you first watch it, the first movie, it's a, it's really about Luke Skywalker to us. Sure. But the overall story is about Anakin. The whole thing was about him. To Lucas, yeah, that's who his story was about and and eventually at the end the Skywalker family um whereas this one I feel it would it it would almost be impossible for them not to sit in a room and say okay before they did any movies, what do we want to do with the star wars franchise where do we want the story to go and they sit there and they work it out and they figure out, okay this is where point a is this is where point z is and then let's figure out how to get there. And then I, I think it's the, you know, we're going to talk about it later. Yeah. You go through well, let me thing, get but... through
0: the rest of this article then. So, you know, it says, When Darth Vader told Luke, I'm your father, Lucas knew that it was true, but for three years fans debated whether or not Vader was lying. Um, these days, questions about Ray's past, Kylo's, uh, Kylo Ren's future, it feels similar, but no matter which of these stories turn out, it seems like fans will know deep down that the choices these characters make are somewhat arbitrary. It um, says, obviously, Disney and Lucasfilm couldn't have anticipated, you know, Carrie Fisher's death. Um, the fact certainly impacted whatever plans they had for episode nine. Um, so we understand that. Um, but says, even so, at the least, from a public uh, relations perception, the notion that the films were sort of being written on the fly has been underway well before Fisher's passing. Numerous writers worked on The Force Awakens prior to 2015, though its original screenwriter, like we talked about a minute ago, Michael Arndt, was dropped midway through the process. And even when the various writers and directors speak to continuity uh, between the films, it always sounds like kind of a last-minute thing. For example, Ryan Johnson only asked J.J. Abrams for one thing to be changed about The Force Awakens. And Colin Trevorrow, similarly, well, up until now, (laughs) similarly... Uh, said he asked Johnson for one little thing to be altered um, from The Last Jedi. So it says, to be fair, this could be just the way they're talking about it, and perhaps a grand plan does or did exist, but there are certainly... Uh, it says, but there are but there are certainly... Well, that is worded wrong. But there certainly aren't any cohesive or consistent statements from Abrams, Johnson, Trevorrow, or Kathleen Kennedy to support the idea. And at no point... Has a public been given the idea that everyone? (laughs) This is just what you just said. At no point has a public been given the idea that everyone sat around in a room and planned out all three films. The movies seem to be doing, uh, seem to be getting that done one at a time. Um, So let me kind of get to the to the end here. That's basically it for that. So um, so that's kind of the no. That's that's where. that's where I was coming from you know based on that article but so here's this would support um, from what I found here this would support some of what uh, what you guys would say um, get to it So this actually came from uh, an article um, a while back ago from 2015 Star Wars JJ Abrams reveals his involvement with episode 8. But um, some things J.J. said in here kind of speaks that um, they may have been they may have been planning some of this. Um, let's see. So I'm going to read some of his quotes here. He says, uh, Working on this new movie, this is Episode 8, Force Awakens. Working on this new movie has been as much about trying to set up elements of what is beyond and what you're seeing as it has been about telling a story that will be satisfying in and of itself. Um, but it can't feel like a cop-out, like we're just setting things up and not resolving them goes on to say the script for eight is written I'm sure rewrites are going to be endless like they always are but what uh, Larry Kazan and I did was set up certain key relationships certain key questions and conflicts and we knew where certain things were going we had meetings with Ryan and I'm assuming that's Ryan Johnson and Ram Bergman no no I don't think that is we had meetings with Ryan and Ram Bergman the producer of eight they were watching dailies when we were shooting our movie. We wanted them to be a part of the progress. Oh, yeah, I guess that is Ryan Johnson. We wanted them to be part of the progr- process to make the transition to their film as seamless as possible. I showed Ryan an early cut of the movie because I knew he was go- doing his rewrite and prepping. And as executive producer of 8, I need that movie to be really good. With uh, Withholding serves no one and certainly not the fans, so we've been as transparent as possible. Um, Ryan has asked for a couple of things here and there that he needs for his story. Uh, He's an incredibly accomplished filmmaker. The story he told took what we were doing and went in the direction that he felt was best, but that it's very much in line with what we were thinking as well. He says, but you're right. That will be his movie. He's going to do it in the way that he sees fit. He's neither asking nor does he need me to oversee the process. Um... So, what is, you know, that, that kind of tells me that, that they can make suggestions to Ryan and say, hey, you know, here's, here's what we did and here's how we have it all set up in eight. Here's where we think it should go, but it's your movie. And he can take it where he wants to go. He doesn't have to necessarily go in the direction that J.J. thought would it should go. Now, the question, you know, would be then, well, you know, so how do these guys get cut for for having a, a different vision with Lucasfilm? Then, you know, because <clears> exactly. because you have I, there's a vision
2: because you have Lucas Group and your story group, right? Which our good friend, friend of the show, Pablo Hidalgo, is part of. He's a friend um, of our show. Yes, um, that's right, friend of the show. Uh, love Star <laughs> Wars rant. Pablo Hidalgo and the Lucas Story Group and Kathleen Kennedy they have they have a vision for how this story will play out. Yes, it's not one individual person. It's not George anymore. It's a it's a corporation who has a head, which is Kathleen Kennedy, and her group of story story writers that make sure everything's cohesive, makes sense of all the canon inc- movies included, and they have a, a general idea. They have the skeleton of the story in place. They I fully believe they know they knew who Ray's parents were before Seven was done. It's not something that Ryan Johnson's like. Well, let's just make this up. I'll pick these people will be it. They knew who that was. Um, they have the main points. They know who Snoke is already. They know probably that how maybe not exactly how, but they know that Snoke will interact with Luke in this way, and he'll interact no, with so do Kylo in this way. Do you
0: think J.J. Abrams knows? Yes, who Snoke is. I think so. Yes, hundred percent. And but they're not. They aren't going
2: to say that publicly. If he does, they're not. I think they've been misleading on purpose. Yeah, they're not going to have the discussion with us. He's not going to go. I'll tell you. I'm supposed to say I I don't know, but I do. Here's the deal. Let let me finish my thought here, and then I'll let you go. Um, It's it. They have the skeleton of what the story is now. It's up. It was up to JJ and Larry to to fill that in how they want. And it's just like it's up to Ryan to fill in. How does Luke and how does Luke train Ray? How do you want that to happen? Great, that sounds good. Let's do that. All right. How do you want Luke to, you know, interact with Leia? Is you know, how do you want that to happen? Good. Okay. Now, how do you want the confrontation with Kylo to go? Because all right, good. That sounds good. Or no, let's change this a little bit.
1: Yeah. And if that corporation at the top doesn't see that it fits how they that's want, then they have a conflict of vision, right. and then they get rid that's of somebody. That's when
2: conversations happen, and if they can't come to an agreement, then that's where you know separations are made. look at it like this video games you guys know i'm a video game podcast real great video game metal gear solid 5 came out a couple years ago okay metal gear solid 5 was like a tactical espionage game you could you were set on a battlefield and your mission was to save this prisoner of war he's in this town somewhere there's a prisoner of war here your goal is to get from where you are save him and get him out alive go do it however you want you can you can stealthily go in and sneak in and take these guards out with no one knowing raise no alarms or you can just bring in your biggest guns and just murder everyone and just get him out but you do it however you want to but this is the goal this is the mission
1: i think but you also had you also had a strict Limit on what you could use, like you could use these tools. Here's these tools that we sure give you. You can't, yep. you know, you have to stay you within couldn't, the you guidelines. You could bring in, in a, a big it's tank. A good, but... It's
0: a good analogy. It's a good analogy. I like that. And I, I kinda... and
2: and anyone that article that you said you read for the yes was a lot of a lot of reaching on obviously's that just make logically zero sense to think that each each director and writer just makes it up for themselves like Dave says and do, and answers the questions that the first movie guys posed just doesn't make successful logical sense. Well, some, Disney
0: to some is degree not, JJ kind of said that to some degree, to some degree, but, but again, if, but if JJ is not going to
2: give us the look behind the curtain that we know all these things, but if you think about it as a rational person and a business that wants to make money based on good movies, it would be really hard to make three really, really good movies individually and have them tie in as well as we are expecting them to do so i it just I mean, blows you, my
1: JJ's, mind jj's jj's been quoted several times specifically on things like race parentage uh were his parents in episodes were they in episode seven no or whatever he said were they i mean there's so many things that he said to where it's it seemed very obvious he knows who they are he's not he's not being he's doing his best to, to sidestep landmines right Cause if you you answer if you don't answer the question, yeah, you could be answering the question. If you say something to dodge the question, you could. There's so many well, ways to do a, this. The, and specifically in that movie, scenes like, I believe there were scenes that were shot that are either going to be a flashback in another movie or that were taken out of the movie, per request of either the corporation or, maybe even Ryan and some of the other people. Like specifically the scene where where Maz asks Han mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. the girl. Right, that yeah, conversation. There right. they, they very easily could have been a conversation where Han's like, I don't know. But see, you know, I took but that... They, they I, cut right you know from how
0: it. I took that as? is? I took that as JJ not wanting to answer that question and leaving it up to the next guy. You know, and that was a very... That was a it's very him saying, I can't answer the question
1: that. because that's a spoiler. No, so I can't tell but you. That,
0: but that, very that
1: very thing happening, the way it was shot and the way they cut away, says that Han knows. So that means they made the decision... In my opinion, I mean, I'm, I'm speculating, but I think it's a pretty safe bet. The way it was shot, and the way she looks up, and the way she asks
0: him, like, you know something? I bet we'll see. Tell me what I you know we'll about see this that girl
2: in episode eight. To some uh, that
0: conversation, that'll be a good one for. There's the predictions. also, I don't think we'll see that scene. There's a, there's
1: also the scene where they're flying into whatever that world is. I forgot yeah, what that world is. He looks at her when she's like, that shot, yeah. that shot is too long. That pause is yeah. too long. Where he looks at her, almost like he pities right. her
0: or he feels bad because, or he feels guilty or yeah i get it um, yeah
1: and and so they, if that's the case and he didn't know well then they're they're basically forcing Ryan to to make up a story where Han did know and then so who else knows does Luke know does Leia know uh does Chewie know you know well um, he, here's the thing there's you a know, lot of clues in you there you know
0: what will what will help you know resolve this conversation is Ryan Johnson seeing episode directing eight? yeah besides oh. Ryan Johnson directing episode nine because because then you know whatever happens in eight you know is 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 directly set up from or whatever happens in nine was directly set up from eight without a shadow of a doubt you get what I'm saying so that's one way to put that to mm-hmm. bed but um, I you know in the grand scheme of things as long as they're good movies I, I guess it doesn't really matter um you know george lucas definitely made changes along the way but um what what i what i don't want is is you know is just for for the vision of this to get kind of jacked up because it's three different guys doing it you know and it's disney
2: it's gonna be fine have you watched any of the marvel movies lately it's gonna be fine
0: (sighs) well i've tried doctor strange three times and i keep falling asleep well no one's
2: perfect so it's okay (laughs)
0: Um, all right, well, let's move on. We got a lot to get to. I, I'm not going to say I'm wrong. I'm not going to you say are. you're right, but we are. <laughs> but I will. I will say the the video game thing. That was a great analogy. No wonder why you won the debates, Chad. Because that Brian, was- <laughs> if
1: you're Brian, if you're if you're wondering, just just to solve this whole thing, um, you can look it up. Wikipedia does say <laughs> that the it's all planned oh, okay.
0: out. I love so, it. That. All right. Um, So I don't know why this is news, but it is news. Um, We said this. So Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, confirms who is the last Jedi. Um, And I think we've talked about this already. Um, Specifically.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like we pulled um, out this exact reasoning.
0: Yeah. So here's his quote. He says, "It's in the opening crawl of The Force Awakens." (laughs) luke skywalker right now is the last jedi and i think we've made that point before in the podcast Uh, chad saying um but he does say there's always wiggle room in these movies everything is from a certain point of view
1: a certain point of view
0: (laughs) but coming into our story he is the actual last of the jedi and he's removed himself and is alone on the island because he took the barash vow.
2: <laughs> That's not what it says. <laughs> You're says, changing the quote?
0: He says he's removed himself, and he's alone on this island for reasons unknown at this time, right. dot, dot, right. dot, it says. It says uh, um, that is Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end. Who who questioned that? Like, I don't even get, like, was that, like, a thing where people didn't know if that was really Luke saying that? Nice. Um But uh, it says, sounds pretty dire. This is still Ryan talking. He says, that's something we're definitely going to dig into. The heart of the movie, the heart of the movie is Luke and Ray. It follows all the other characters, but its real essence is the development of the two of them, and it's absolutely tied up in that question of, what is Luke's attitude toward the Jedi? Awesome. So there you go, which I think we know his attitude Says it must-end. But, uh, so there you go. Put that one to bed. Luke is the last Jedi.
1: Um. So what's Rey going to be, Brian? I know you, you're you a big, firm believer in Star Wars can't go on without the Jedi. Uh,
0: well, I mean, he is going to train her. So is she still a Padawan? Maybe. Can you be a Maybe Padawan he'll be wrong. if you're not he can be wrong. I think he will be wrong. I don't know, you know? for a fact, but, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's gonna go. It's it's crazy. I'd ask JJ, but he doesn't know either because
2: okay, that's Ryan's you know,
0: movie.
2: You can't just say those things as if they're facts because that's, they're
1: speculations.
0: Um, hey, so you know, I I uh, I must have deleted it I from mean, our outline he here, but he, we had um, you know, Empire Magazine came out
1: said Snoke <laughs> was a human was a fact. I mean, that wasn't true either. So.
0: Empire Magazine came out just with saying. some um, pictures. Of uh, of the last Jedi, um, and uh, one um, one was Luke in some dark clothing. Um, huh. Chad <laughs> seems to think that I I automatically assume that. Uh, um, seems
2: that they already get this idea. Chad <laughs> seems to think that I automatically
0: assume that means Luke's going to be a dark. Um, character he's going to turn to the dark side i did say in uh, one of our podcasts here i don't know if it was last week or the week before that um i think it's possible we could see luke turn to the dark side based on luke's or luke's mark hamill's comments about how he's uh disagrees with what's happened to the character um you know i know he walked that back later but he did say that at some point point. and um john boyega saying that that the last jedi is going to be an epic dark Movie, um, I've heard comments from from Mark Hamill that you know uh, people are going to be blown away by some of the things Luke does. So, you know what what could what could Luke do to make such a drastic turn? I mean, it's it's turning to the dark side. I I would think. Um, and then we have seen, and I'm not saying the clothes prove it, but we've seen a lot of pictures now of Luke with red around him, dark clothing, and and. Now, we're getting, you know, we really got to put the aluminum hats on now, aluminum foil. But so there's the new – I talked about it the other week, that, that old man Luke Pop Funko, right, that I had in my hand mm-hmm. and I almost bought. I read mm-hmm. an article about that the other day, that Pop Funko figure. I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen this. And they're saying no. if you look on the necklace he's wearing, which to me I can't really tell if it's a necklace or a zipper, but we're going to go with the necklace. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> at the end of the necklace there's a red what would appear to be a crystal so could it be a ky- a red kyber crystal and why would Luke
2: Vader's lightsaber be
0: walking around with Vader's right that's who we would assume that's it would be mother. it would be Vader's kyber crystal why would Luke be wearing that
2: maybe he's gonna try to heal it and he's been unsuccessful to this point because his barrage vow doesn't allow him to get involved in anything.
0: And I'm not saying that's fact, but I mean, I would think a dark Luke, would, would that's something that he would want to wear.
2: Why would he wear it? Why wouldn't he put it in a lightsaber if he's turning into the dark side? Well, I,
0: I'll be honest, everything I've seen, he is not going to have a lightsaber in this movie. Um, wait, I can't
2: wait till the prediction episodes.
0: I've seen him with a staff. I've not seen him in any of the toys or the pictures. He is not with a lightsaber whatsoever. Um. So, so take that, but uh, <laughs> but anyway. So so some of those pictures came out um from there. Crazy, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah.
2: Still think it's crazy. That turning, they're not gonna turn, Luke. I, I keep saying it every week. I'm not gonna say it again because it's getting boring. <laughs> they're not gonna do it.
0: Um. All right. So hmm. some more Pop Funko uh, spoilers. Um. One came out for uh, DJ uh, Benicio del Toro's character, Benicio and del Toro. uh, it's been a big secret what his name stood for. You know, was he a DJ like a disc jockey, or um, or did it stand for? Some people thought um, Duquesne from you know the mm-hmm. guy that mm-hmm. Han Solo says old
2: DJ um, Duquesne. Love it. Yeah,
0: stole the uh, not Han Solo. Ray said Duquesne stole the uh, falcon um and then uh so some people thought it was going to be him um but chad yeah where the uh, what what did we find out about the name dj from the pop funko figure
2: well he's got some star wars alphabet language written on, i think it's it's on his hat right isn't yes. that yeah on the, on the brim of his hat He's got some Star Wars alphabet. Now, if, if you're like me, which I'm sure you all are, you have a photo of the Star Wars alphabet saved in your photos on your phone. So anytime Star Wars language comes up, you can decipher and see what it says. Now, I'm being sarcastic, but I totally do have that picture. But someone has done that and deciphered what it says, and supposedly, according to them, it says, Don't join. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean he's saying that he's not going to join or, and then what is he, what is he, or what's he not joining? Is he not joining the, the, the first order? Is he not joining the rebels? Is he not joining the after school chess club? I mean,
0: yeah. What, uh, what is he saying? you know, yeah. What is he not joining and why is he telling, is he telling other people not to join or is is it just like a, a reminder for him? Kind of weird. Kind of weird kind of weird yeah dave what do you think man kind of um,
1: weird it's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> don't join Don't I mean, yeah join i don't know much about this dj character um yeah, he's a shady
2: is. character they yeah it's all we do know is he's a shady character that uh finn and what's her name uh rose pa- rose Paige is her sister right yes oh. Uh, yeah, that they meet on the casino in the casino planet or the casino city on the one planet, and the assumption is is that he helps them or gets involved somehow in whatever he's, mission he's a they have there. He's a he's yeah, a yeah
0: he's a splicer hacker, splicer yeah code right. splicer code splicer. Um, so that that's all we really know about him. Um, but yeah, I'm so guessing there it's you a, go. I'm,
2: my guess is that they don't join the first order type thing. Um, and he, or maybe just don't join anything. He's not, he's out for himself. He doesn't join groups. He doesn't join parties. He's just a uh, out for myself numero uno and I'll do whatever pays the best. Kind of like a Han Solo type thing. Right. right? More of like a
0: statement of, of kind of like, you know, don't, don't be a follower. You know? So so there you go. I like it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that's all the news um, that we had. You know, again, the big one was was the director change. Um, but there's some new stuff that came out in, in the way of the comics. Now, we, we do can have I, a comic I, podcast. Ask, yeah, I'm go ahead, sorry. Dave, man. Or Chad. Can,
2: can I can, – um, I was wondering – can I, I – I didn't mean – I meant to bring this up before we started so I could yeah. do it without interrupting um, your flow. But uh, there's a rumor that uh, – well, one, before the rumor – we got another trailer for Rebels season 4 oh, that yeah. came out this past week.
0: I figure we save that for next week maybe. Okay.
2: I just want to th- mention then real quick is that whenever the, there's a rumor out that we will see the next trailer for episode 8 during the premiere episode of that um, oh. season which happens in October.
0: October. Which is Wait, also that is lines still up. still a long way though.
2: It lines up with the rumor that the next trailer is going to be in October anyway. Um, and that's been going on for quite some time so it kind of lines up with all that so we could I guess we could talk about that more next week but I just wanted to throw
0: you realize right there. the movie is coming out in December yeah we've had one trailer
2: one trailer one behind the scenes look we really need to look and see what they did with the force awakens specifically to see if this really is that strange or not because I'm guessing it's probably pretty similar to what they did with force awakens hmm. i
0: don't know it I
2: can't say like that for sure because i don't I know.
1: feel like I I feel like with the with the Force Awakens, without going back and watching it, I feel like we had the teaser mm-hmm. that blew everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. Then, really, fo- then a ways from there, we had a full trailer. Right. Then we had several, like, leading up to the movie, there were several TV spot trailers right, right. that were just remixes, basically, but with like, remixes. maybe a couple different things, right. but not, like, full movie trailers. They were just, like, TV spots. Mm-hmm.
2: And that may be what we get in October. It's hard to say, but uh, yeah, we should we should do some research in that and see what the timing was and all that, and exactly when all those came out. Because I venture to guess it's similar. to What Dave's saying, it's not that much different than what what happened with episode seven. So,
0: well, I am Anyways. ready for some trailer. Um, but yeah, no, next week uh, I think we'll jump into the uh, the rebels trailer, kind of break some of that down. A lot of good things going on the answer to last season, um, so definitely important. But um, but yeah so you know there's there's um some comics that have come out um you know the phasma book is out or has come out uh, we've not had the chance to read that um i'm still trying to get through oh chad has a phasma book very nice um i'm still trying to get through uh very i want to nice. keep saying rogue squadron i know that's wrong inferno squad um about halfway through it um but uh, Phasma is definitely next on the list. But anyway, uh, Phasma comic has come out, and it's a Chad. Am I am I wrong? It's a it is one of those like Journey to,
2: yeah, Journey to yeah. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yeah. So the, like, um, headings.
0: So that came out. Um, we're gonna jump into that next. But but also after that, um, a new Vader comic came out. Vader number is it number five? Um, and it's, it's a pretty cool story as well that we want to tell you about. You know, I've said on the podcast a million times that, you know, one of the things we want to do on the podcast is give you some information about, um, the characters and things and storylines that you, you know, you may not be aware of. And a lot of that happens in the comics. So, um, even though we do the star Wars comics cast, star Wars rant comics cast, um, we, we didn't want to wait for that to kind of bring you some of this, um, so anyway, Chad, why don't you uh, tell us what happened in the Phasma journey to the Last Jedi comic? Phasma number one. Is there going to be five of these?
2: I, I think so, yeah. I think it's yeah. another miniseries. So a five-issue five, uh, five issue run. Uh, basically, yeah, I was telling Brian both these stories. The Darth Vader story is just cool that we have to talk about it now. But the Phasma one is, it's I think it's pertinent to episode eight. Um, and definitely, uh, obviously, important to episode seven. So I, I thought it... A good a good time to talk about it, and not have to wait for however long it's going to take us to actually get there if we went by the timeline. So, uh, Captain Phasma number one. It starts off literally as she is dumped into the trash compactor. So she was put in a trash compactor. Um, that what that did happen, um, and it literally it starts off with her. Um, it gives a time fifteen thirty one, and it says that then it goes back ten minutes. So. The very first panel has her saying This is Captain Phasm recording notes On the final moments of Starkiller Base For further debrief So she is taking notes audibly To be debriefed later on To say what happened As obviously we know Starkiller Base was destroyed And then it jumps back 10 minutes um, And it shows the exterior wall Of a trash compactor that she has blown a hole into And is stepping out just fine She didn't have to find any Rubber foam beams to put between two walls that were closing in on them. There's a dead tentacle laying outside. So apparently they have trash compactor monsters there as well. <laughs> uh, but she made it out just fine. Didn't need any help with, uh, you know, shutting down the de- all the trash compactors and all the detention levels. So she's going through and kind of narrating what happened as far as from her perspective. She gets out. She talks about how they're they're being attacked. Um, the art's really good. It's, her cape flows a lot. So, like, you know, in superhero that. stuff, the cape is always billowing off to the side. That's why you wear a cape. <laughs> um, yeah. So she continues to talk about how there was just a lot of bad things happening. They were getting uh, attacked. Damage was being done. It shows a stormtrooper dropping his, his rifle into and in it going off and bouncing off three different surfaces. And her just aptly dodging out of this laser beam's wave to hit her cape. Um, which is kind of cool. And then it kind of gives an overview of the battle in the air, which shows uh, Poe's fighter um, battling all the TIE fighters. Then she makes her way back uh, five minutes before the weapon is fully charged. She makes her way back to where she took the shields down, where she was forced by Finn and Chewbacca to take the shields down. And she goes in and tells the AI to wipe the memory, to wipe the, the, the log to basically take away the fact that she's the one that brought the shields down. Mm-hmm. And just as she's about to leave, she's like, well, actually, maybe I better go back and make sure nobody else also was able to see this. And so she goes back and says, uh, ask the computer who else, you know, accessed these files. And we find out a Lieutenant Saul Rivas had also accessed the files four minutes to weapon charge uh, fully. And so now it's she changes her narrative to I began pursuit of Lieutenant Rivas immediately upon this discovery, basically making him the scapegoat for saying he's the one that took shields down so I'm gonna go stop him. So she's shady, taking shady. the blame off herself. She's not a good person you find out at all like in a, which is cool when it comes to the story, she's not a good person. she's not she's not who you, she's not Brian of Tarth. she has no good heart. she's a bad woman. So she finds him out um, on some of the catwalks, shoots at him, and misses. Continues to note that she chases him down. She's got like a uh, Boba Fett little grapple hook that comes out of her wrist. Um, and she's able to uh, use that and her gun and, you know, zip line down to where he was at. Explosions happening all around her. Um, she goes out to the, the outside on the planet and there's some, some stormtroopers there. Um, and she tells them to stay where they're at until she's, they're, they're ordered otherwise. Basically signing their death warrants. Next, we have uh, two minutes until the weapon is fully charged. She's outside. She sees him through her helmet. She's got like a targeting system in her helmet. Um, she sees him way off in the snowy distance. Continues to talk about how she's pursuing him. She also notices at this point off to her right, there's a battle with uh, Kylo Ren and his lightsaber and some other person That's with a cool. blue lightsaber fighting yeah. in the woods. Um, so she knows it's Kylo Ren. She doesn't know who the other person is. At this moment, the planet starts to crack.
0: Let me let me um, pause there. You know, the reason yeah. why I like that is because now when you watch, like if you're familiar with this comic now, when you watch The Force Awakens and you see that battle, you know, and even you when know, the Phasma's planet cracks, there. you know, yeah. like Phasma is like, like nearby. That's kind of cool to think about. Anyway, go uh-huh. ahead.
2: You're going to look for her in the in the movie now, I know. Yeah. Um, so, so the planet starts to crack and she has to make this spectacular leap um, Nathan Drake style across this giant chasm of course she makes it uh, you know, claws her way back up one minute until weapon fully charged See, she, she sees him um, running into this basically I guess a hangar bay um, and so she's trying to prevent him from leaving because she's assuming there's TIE fighters in there so just as she gets close um, to, to the base, the, a TIE fighter takes off. She gets in there, and there's a, a pilot and a TIE fighter there. She says, um, do you know that TIE fighter that just left, and can we track it? And she says, yes. She says, great. It's time to go. You're flying, and I'm coming with you. Uh, they jump into the TIE fighter, and she basically tells them we need to find that TIE fighter. He's a traitor. We need to take him down, chase him. And so they chase him. Um, and they take off from the planet just as Starkiller Base explodes in the background. So they were one of the last ones to make it out. And then the very last panel is the same as the first panel in the comic saying, this is Captain Phasm recording notes on the final moments of Starkiller Base for further debrief. And that's the end of episode one. So she basically wiped all memory that she was the one that took down took down the the shield so she couldn't be reprimanded pinned it on somebody else and now it's her mission to track that guy down because he knows the truth and kill him so i thought it was cool
0: you know it's funny uh, um when i read it (laughs) granted i was i was reading it on my phone so it was um it was hard to meant to be read to get yeah (laughs) um but anyway uh I almost feel s- stupid for saying this. I didn't pick up the fact that that guy she was hunting down was like, like she's framing him. I I thought it was like, okay, oh, this guy's like a rebel spy and did something. It wasn't until you explained it that way that I get it now.
2: Yeah. He's just totally a guy doing yeah. his job and he found out who did it. And she's like, yeah, you got to die, man. Yeah. I ain't getting framed. I ain't getting turned in for this.
0: Very stitches cool. Stitches
1: get
2: stitches. Am I right?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) all right
2: so there you go now uh darth vader number five so this is the new series that tells the story of vader getting his red lightsaber
0: this Uh, now this 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 takes place where in the star wars timeline
2: this is right after very shortly after episode three so vader does not have a uh... Right, he is newly Darth Vader. Now, are you
0: asking this for the audience, Brian, or do you not? Are yeah, you... I like I know, but I like to make sure people understand oh, okay. because if
1: you, because I remember from listening to the Star Wars Rant podcast oh. about about Emperor Palpatine basically dropping Vader off and then taking his ship and saying you have to find yeah, your way back.
0: Yeah, right. Well, we could have so, first time so. listeners, yeah. it's possible.
1: So all of Brian for for listeners that don't <laughs> see the audio or the video, uh, Brian has his Star Wars figurines out who apparently all have like very, very slow pogo sticks and merry-go-rounds because of the way that they come onto the screen. Phasma was going up and down at an increasingly slower rate every time she jumped. Uh, it was like a slow-motion pogo stick going up and down, and now Vader seems to be doing the same thing been, after. You should
2: have been here before the podcast started when he was making them kiss. <laughs>
1: He was making them Kiss. what? All, Kiss? Right. Kiss? all right, all right. Yeah.
2: Uh, helmets yeah. on. I mean, the helmets were still on. Their helmets so, yeah. kept clanking. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the helmets are coming <laughs>
2: off. He tried. All right, so Vader number five tells a story of... Uh, Can you
1: imagine if you were a little kid and, and the Vader, and the helmet come off and you have, like, scarred flesh head Vader? Blah. And the kids, Mommy! Nightmares.
2: Vader number five: the story of him getting his red lightsaber. Uh, this is the storyline where Brian got the Barash vow, being part of the movies now somehow. Um, and Brown Calf. Vader has, <laughs> Vader has tracked a a, uh, a Jedi that escaped the purge. He was he had taken the Barash vow, so he was on a planet, and uh, he was basically bred for fighting. That's all he did, Master Enfala, and he finds him. Uh, Supposed seemingly is defeated by Master Infala, but of course we know Vader. Um, He takes a leg from another droid because his got chopped off and just attaches it and goes and basically wipes out an entire city in order to kill the Jedi because he knows the Jedi has feelings for humans and, you know, doesn't want bad things to happen to good people. So he breaks a dam, floods a city, kills the Jedi, takes his lightsaber. And this picks up where uh, he's on the ship, and a hologram of uh, Palpatine comes up saying, uh, Lord Vader, if you're seeing this message and your quest nears its end, the droid was instructed to take control of the ship. Once you obtained a Jedi lightsaber, it will bring you to your final destination. This was selected by me. And then you see him approaching Mustafar, the planet where he turned from Anakin to Vader. He tells Vader that deep beneath the surface rests a locust, for the dark side of the forest here you will reclaim yourself from the sight of your greatest defeat. You shall rise strong, unbroken, powerful. So it shows Vader coming in for a landing on the planet. Uh, he finds a cave that he goes into. Uh, Palpatine is telling him to uh, take the crystal, go to the, the place where the dark side calls you, draw upon the energy, and then combine its power with your own and make the crystal bleed um, he mentions how it has a life of its own um, And he needs to make it bleed So he goes in, he finds this Just very convenient stone table um, In this cave And he starts to disassemble uh, Master Anafala's lightsaber It's a green crystal He is looking at the green crystal And he begins to try to use the force To make it bleed uh, He does some levitation there He force on it He kind of struggles a little bit The the lights. The crystal hums, makes a noise, and shocks Vader, sending him backwards. He hits his head against a rock and cracks the left eye lens of his mask. Um, When I first saw this, I'm like, oh, no, he's going to have asthma attack. He's going to start wheezing right now. The air pressure has been broken. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, but you see him say what, and then you see what have I done, and you have an up-close shot of his eye where the glass has been broken out of the visor and his eye is blue. Which is key. Anakin's eye is blue. And, and Anakin instead, says, of yellow. instead of yellow, says, what have I done? And then you see him struggling to rise. He goes to the lightsaber, or to the crystal, takes it out of the air, puts it back into the lightsaber, reassembles the lightsaber, and then the next panel you see him standing before uh, Lord Sidious and uh, he says, "You, my apprentice, you've returned. Were you successful in your quest?" And he says, "I was." He says, "Show me. I would, I would see your blade." And he ignites the lightsaber, and that it is still a green blade. And Palpatine says, "Ah, so you've made your decision." And Vader says, "I have." And Palpatine does the crazy uh, battlefront version, jump forward, twirling in the air, saying, "Ha!"
0: Yeah, he he says, did so it be- in uh, *Revenge of the Sith*.
2: Yeah, I guess he does a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. With uh, mm-hmm. with Yoda. He says, so be it, no, no, my friend. He did it,
0: he did it with... Sorry, I keep interrupting. I just want to be factual, Chad, in case we're ever well, in a debate about this. Okay. He did it when, uh, when the hmm. Jedi's come to confront him in his office. Oh, that's
2: right. Across yeah. Yeah, by his desk there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so he says, so be it, my friend. You've chosen weakness, so be it. And they have a, a lightsaber battle. Um, and very quickly... Vader slashes Palpatine's face and assumingly kills him. And uh Palpatine says, Such a waste right before that and then says Gah and then says, Ah and Vader says, Yes, oh, I agree. Yep. And uh you see him leaving He's, Sorry, yep. my sound effects aren't great. It's
1: like Yep. <laughs> it's like it's like you're reading the the bam and the pow yeah. things from the old Adam West Batman <laughs> well, it, fights. There's not
2: much else going on. I'm trying to, <laughs> to get people to envision what's happening in these spectacular artist renderings. I so he leaves Emperor Palpatine's tra- throne room with a dead Palpatine on the ground. Obviously, this we know how the movie goes, and it doesn't seem to have ever happened. Then we move to a, a shot of Obi-Wan sitting on a lush green planet with two planets in the background. Um, and he kind of turns around as he hears something le- ignites his blue lightsaber to find Darth Vader standing there, tattered. He says, Obi-Wan, he takes off his helmet. You hear the, the, the release of air, which I will not try to mimic. Um, as his helmet comes off, he kneels down and says, Please. Obi-Wan raises his lightsaber above his head as if to strike him, just to disengage it, turn it off, and say, Anakin just as the lightsaber is being um, disengaged he says Anakin and then Vader, you see the shot of Vader's eye again but now it is the yellow pupil that we know Vader to have and now we see the re basically the exact same thing of him struggling to get up, go back to the kyber crystal, he is back in the cave everything that he just saw we find out, he grabs the kyber crystal and says I refuse, this is all there is maybe one last chance before fully turning over because we know luke sensed good in him all the time i think it kind of showed what could have been right and i think the the lightsaber itself or the kyber crystal rather itself showing anakin a possibility a choice that he could make right now and could have changed the future forever but obviously vader is so turned by hate and fear and and anger that that's not what happens. So he grabs the crystal, slams it onto the table, says, "This is all there is." And force lightning starts flying out of the Kyber crystal. Really good panels. Um, lightning firing, flying everywhere. He's force pushing it. The lava is bubbling up from uh, Mustafar. His eye is wide. He sees visions of of Mustafar battle. Obi Wan standing above him, where he says. Don't do it. I have the high ground. And if B-Nob were here, R.I.P., we could get <laughs> the reenaction of it word for word. He struggles with the Kyber Crystal now, continuously, yes?
1: I don't want you to get too far before I say this, but something you said piqued my interest. Uh, when you talked about the lightsaber or the Kyber Crystal right. basically showing Anakin a possibility or a possible future. Sure. Um Because you recently shared with us a theory by somebody called the lightsaber theory. And I'm not going to go into it because I don't know if we have time for that or whatever. We can talk about it later. Um, But it was a theory basically based on the fact that lightsabers... May almost have their own, like the Kyber crystal inside. May almost have their own type of, like the Force uses them as a s not a sentient being or a consciousness, but conduit. some type of communication. Yeah. yeah, way to speak.
2: Yeah, that's that, and then, you know what? I didn't even think about that, but them doing this here lends some credence to that theory quite a bit. It's,
1: yeah, it does, doesn't it?
2: That's definitely worth something. Talking about later for sure um so yeah so vader's continuing to try to force it basically to feel his pain to feel his anger he's catching visions of uh shmi wrapped in in the mummy blanket walking across tatooine with young anakin angry he sees padme smiling at him um and every single one obviously makes him even more angry and sad um more smoke now is starting to come from the kyber crystal as well as lightning as he's smashing it between his hands The lava underneath him is bubbling even faster and then we see a a shot of him thinking about Emperor Palpatine and just as that happened and the the red explosion comes from the the middle of his two hands as he screams Um, and that is the end of that panel. The next thing we see is uh, Mas Amadea and um, General Tarkin talking to Palpatine on Coruscant with two of the Red Guards standing nearby. Um, Tarkin talks about construction continuing, um, and he believes that they'll meet and surpass all their targets. And then Mas Amadea says, and the weapon, Tarkin, does that move forward as scheduled as well? And this, again, is going to tie into our Rogue One. And he says the latest reports are promising Mas Amadea, I believe that. And just in the middle of the sentence, the Red Guards bring up their swords as if somebody's coming in. And then subsequently fly back against the wall, smashing into the glass, um, knocked out. Tarkin and Amadea are stunned. And there stands Vader, tattered. One one complete robot leg showing a cape just, in, in, just ripped to shreds. And Palpatine says, both of you leave. And Tarkin says, but Emperor, your safety. He says, I'm perfectly safe, Tarkin, leave me. And then he says, Apprentice, Vader, stands there. And he lights his red lightsaber and says, Master. As the room lights up in a soft red glow and Palpatine's smiling, you can almost hear him cackling in the background hmm. as it happens. And that is how the episode, or the <sighs> issue ends. A preview for the next issue, interesting, has a tie to some Rebels and Clone Wars. We see a Inquisitor yeah. with a double-bladed red lightsaber with a Vader helmet on the ground split in two.
0: That was great. I hmm. enjoyed uh, I enjoyed that. That was uh I love That's stuff where they fill in gaps. Story. Yeah. I love stuff where they fill in gaps. Not only did they fill in gaps, but they add to the lore. Uh, very cool.
2: Very cool indeed.
0: Very cool. So there cool.
2: you go. Sorry to make it a little bit longer this week folks, but I think you deserved that story. I'll work on my narrative things.
0: Hey, and we're we're not done. We got everyone's favorite segment up.
1: Oh yeah, Pablo's Pablo's tweets.
2: (laughs) Pablo's tweet. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week.
0: All right, Chad.
2: All right. So Pablo Hidalgo, as I mentioned, friend of the show, loves the Star Wars (laughs) Rap podcast, and you should too. He's gonna ask us Uh, to stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Until he does, we're saying it. Tweeted this week numerous things, among them Star Wars tweets. So, we have someone asking uh, Owen Billy Matt, Great handle, Owen Billy Matt What is your name? Asks Pablo, how does the First Order have enough resources to make their ships, vehicles, and Starkiller base? And Pablo says three decades of unrestricted access to hinterland resources plus funding from centrist worlds and sympathizers plus who knows what else. And then later on he says also they cut music arts and home ec. So the, this this plebe Owen Billy Matt asking Pablo how can in a world where we have laser swords and force and lightning coming from fingers how could this organization have enough money to build all these ships and this giant planet with a laser that comes out of it how could they have money that doesn't make sense it doesn't seem possible and uh, he gives a, a pretty good answer saying that they had th- literally thirty years where no one gave them grief. Um, and they have worlds that are sympathetic to their, their philosophies that would fund them. Um, and much time to build a lot of things. And we talked about how Snoke's ship last week is 60 kilometers um, in length. And it's larger than anything that's ever been built. Um, possibly also in the Unknown Regions. So they're out of sight, out of mind, and had a lot of money as well. So, very interesting. Um, makes sense when you think about it. And plus, it's a movie you can't really get too hung up on if they had enough credits, right, to build all this stuff.
0: Concur. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Good good job, Pablo.
2: And then bonus tweets. That's right, bonus tweet of the week. Um, Ron Howard, real good at tweeting out Han, the untitled still somehow, Han Solo film. A um, couple shots of him uh, shooting the movie. First one, um, yeah, I think if I recall the tweets of something about I uh, yeah, I don't remember, so I'm not going to say. Um, it looks like it's in, in some kind of, not a dungeon, but a really dirty, scary-looking place. And we see our what I believe is our lead actor, Ald, Alden Heinreich. Heinrich? Uh, Close enough. You know what I mean. The guy playing Han Solo. On his knees, um, assumingly in front of somebody, you see Ron Howard right behind him with his... Uh, Token baseball cap on, doing the directing. Very cool look. I don't think we've really seen a good shot of him as Han Solo. Brian brought up a point that the hair kind of looks like a Luke hairstyle from Episode Four, which is
0: yeah, he's got he looks like like at first glance if you're just checking this out. Plus, because it's in black and white, so it looks like it's from the 70s also. But it uh, kind of looks like Luke a little bit. It's kind of weird.
2: I do like the fact though that it definitely feels 70s. Like the yeah. hairstyle is 100% 70s. So it's. It's gonna fall into line as to what we're. I mean, even seeing. that
0: guy, like in front of him, that I'm sure it's like n- has nothing to do with the. You know, he's not in the yeah, movie, but the he, suspenders, like the suspenders dude. Looks yeah. like he's from the '70s. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. All we need is the guy in the pink shorts holding the boom mic, and we're good. <laughs> um, and then he has one more tweet that he showed a couple of different screens of a fight in what appears to be a cantina, is what it's described as. You see an overhead shot um, of the same. You see a shot, like, of a silhouette of someone. It's really hard to tell, but it looks like it could be a fight. And then you see an overhead shot of the same thing. It definitely looks like either someone's running away, something is happening in a an area where there are tables and chairs. Um, it appears to be food on tables, so a cantina or a, you know, a restaurant or something. There's some scuffle going on. So, Ron Howard, if you're not following him on Twitter, same as Pablo Hidalgo, they show... Ron Howard gives a lot a lot of pictures of the movie. It doesn't give a lot away, but it's really cool to see behind the scenes stuff. And then Pablo, obviously, just a a wealth of knowledge, part of the story group, friend of the show.
0: That's the tweet of the week this week. Stop saying that. All right, good deal. I think we're gonna wrap this thing up. um we made it through 50 episodes. I hope you made it all the way through episode 50 to get Pablo's tweets. Uh, my favorite segment of the night, every night. Uh, be sure to join us midweek for our Star Wars rant comics cast episodes. Um, you know we've been in uh, Vader, Leia, the Star Wars main comic. Um, so we're we've been going back and forth between those. But uh, be sure to check those out again. They fill in the gaps that the movies don't, so uh, make sure you check those out so you can know what's going on. Um, Until then, Dave. Yeah. Again, thank you for joining the podcast. Hope you had a good first official episode.
1: Hey, I had a great first official episode. So
0: many more to come. I'm
1: excited about talking about some theories in the future. Yeah, Sounds I think like a
0: good segment. I think next yeah. week we need to, uh, yeah, why don't we just start a theory segment and, you know, kick it off maybe with that whole lightsaber deal you guys are talking about. So, um, so be sure to check back next week when we kick off that segment off and um, talk about the latest news and see who gets fired next. Um <laughs> sweet. And then uh, until then have a good week. Move along. Move along. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Ramp podcast with your host Brian Seddon along with Chad Viz and Dave Mann. Follow them on Facebook at Star Wars Ramp Podcast and we'll catch you next time.